Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. It is a Flyers Daily edition for Friday, February 11th. Flyers will look to bounce back from that 6-3 loss against the Detroit Red Wings coming up tomorrow when they visit Detroit. The home-and-home, rarely do the home-and-homes have a couple of days in between. This one does. And obviously the schedule this month is a little less busy, if you will. This was supposed to be that period of time when the Flyers and everybody in the NHL was on the Olympic break, but uh, it didn't pan out that way. A lot of games moved to now because of uh, games that were postponed earlier in the season with COVID and everything that was going down with that. So the Flyers will be back at it tomorrow in Detroit, noon puck drop in Detroit, and then Pittsburgh on Tuesday. That also on the road. Then the Flyers are going to have their longest ever homestand, franchise long eight-game homestand leading all the way from February 17th, and it will conclude on March 8th. They won't go back on the road after Pittsburgh next week until March 10th when they head to Florida to take on the Panthers. The eight teams they take on at home, Washington, Carolina, St. Louis, and Washington, those are the four games that will round out the month of February. Then they'll begin March with the Edmonton Oilers, Minnesota Wild, Chicago Blackhawks and the Vegas Golden Knights will be the final game of the homestand. Now, speaking of Edmonton, they decided to fire their coach today, Dave Tippett. Uh, They've now gone through another head coach and Connor McDavid. And despite the fact that you have McDavid and you have Dreisaitl, uh, the team has underperformed. And uh, it's cost another good man his job in Dave Tippett. And we'll see where the Edmonton Oilers go from here. They're another one of those teams kind of at the crossroads have a lot of good talent, but they don't have the right team. And when you have that high-end talent, it's a great thing to have. But you have to be able to surround that high-end talent with other talent and pieces that fit. The construction of an NHL roster is not just a simple jigsaw puzzle. It's a very complicated jigsaw puzzle at that you have to consider many things. And we had Chuck Fletcher on a while back. Not this most recent time after his press conference, but a while back. And we were talking about the construction of a roster and all the things that you have to consider, whether it's how many NHL contracts you're carrying, what players are waiver-exempt or waiver-eligible, what players' contracts are going to expire in the next one, two, three years, what restricted free agents are going to be up for their first deal out of their entry-level contract, or off into unrestricted free agency. All of those things make it a very complicated puzzle to piece together when building an NHL team. Everybody's under the same rules, but it is a complicated task, one that requires a lot of different elements, which I think is part of the reason why you see the Flyers expanding their hockey operations staff. Uh, and the addition, obviously, of Danny Briere, who was on yesterday's episode. And uh, they added a couple more new faces to their hockey analytics department just yesterday as well. They added Catherine Yates as a hockey analyst and Cole Anderson as a lead data scientist. And that's according to Chuck Fletcher. Yates joins the front office after two seasons with the University of Massachusetts men's hockey team, where she served as the director of analytics. And in addition to her role at UMass, she's been working as a graduate student research fellow with the analytics department for the NHL's Boston Bruins since May of 2021. 
Uh, she's on track to this spring to graduate from the University of Massachusetts with dual masters in business administration and sport management and will join the Flyers at the conclusion of the UMass hockey season. And Cole Anderson joins the Flyers staff as a lead data scientist and previously worked in the same role across various industries, most recently in software and e-commerce. And he has applied his quantitative skills in hockey analytics in the public domain, as well as various consulting roles, including a sports logic and sports statistics vendor, and as an analytics advisor for the Chicago Steel of the USHL. Now, I like him already. You know why? He was a goalie at Amherst College in Massachusetts. So he was a uh, first-team All-American and earned uh, NESAC uh, All-Academic honors as well with his Bachelor of Arts in Economics. So congrats to those two and the expanding of the hockey staff. It was one thing I think that confused people a little bit when Chuck Fletcher and Dave Scott had their press availability just about two weeks ago, and Dave Scott said, uh, I've given Chuck a blank check or a blank checkbook. And people looked at it and go, well, wait a minute. This is a salary cap league. You can't just buy players and go above and beyond because you got a blank check. And that's true. What he meant, though, was in resources for the hockey club. You've seen a lot of restructuring of late, some new faces added to the uh, scouting department. We've seen the addition of Don, uh, John Torchetti uh, to the Flyers coaching staff, at least through the end of this year. And then, obviously, the two hires uh, yesterday with, with both Cole Anderson and Catherine Yates, and obviously the elevation of Danny Briere. All of this for the same goal, to be able to maximize the amount of data, information, and skill sets of multiple different lenses that look at hockey. And to do that, to build a hockey operations department that can be unparalleled, that has every box checked, that can come at it from every different angle, whether it's a former player like Danny Briere. Uh, a general manager in the sense of Chuck Fletcher or Brent Flair, whether it's the scouting department, European, North American, collegiate, junior, whatever it might be, pro or amateur, whether it be from an analytical lens, all of those together working in concert to find the right pieces to help build the right roster. Now, one of those elements, and I was really taken back when Chuck Fletcher used the words in his press conference that the team needs, quote, more high-end talent. And high-end talent in any sport is a great thing. It's hard to find. Sometimes you draft it, you have to develop it. Sometimes it's already there when you draft it, especially if you draft really high. Guys like Connor McDavid and, you know, the generational-type players, but it's rare to grab one of those guys for obvious reasons. And then you have to surround it. So Chuck Fletcher saying that the team needs more high-end talent, it's something I actually totally agree with, and I think pretty much all of you listening do as well, because it's one thing the Flyers lack right now. Claude Giroux has been a high-end talent for a long time, but like Danny Briere said when we talked to him yesterday, uh, he's 34, and he, he can't do this for another 10 years. Not to mention he's on an expiring contract and all the, all the other elements of that. But uh, to get high-end talent... How do you go about it? How can you accomplish the task of getting high-end talent? Well, part of that is all of these elements that we just talked about, adding uh, more people to the 
evaluation process of players because not all high-end talent has to be drafted number one or two in the NHL draft. I mean, you look at Braden Point. It was the third round for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Kucherov was not a top selection. There are really good players all over the NHL that weren't top-of-the-draft talent. So that's part of the equation. But when Chuck Fletcher spoke about it, and then Danny Briere mentioned it again yesterday, and I talked to Bill Meltzer about this on my Stick to Hockey Live show, that we both got the sense that this is something they want to add this offseason. So how do you add, quote, high-end talent this offseason? Well, there's a couple ways. Obviously, you can go with the hockey trade where you trade multiple pieces to get one high-end piece. And you could trade three pieces, three you know, good players to get one great player. And the team that's doing that, why would they do it? There's a theory sometimes in, in pro sports that the team that trades the best player in a deal automatically loses the deal. I don't agree with that. I mean, you look back to the Herschel Walker trade in the NFL. You look back to several trades in sports where sometimes it's about getting more assets or prospects or uh, commodities than just the one player makes you a better organization and team and franchise. So you got to look at it from that standpoint. It, would it be some sort of blockbuster trade where the Flyers would send three players somewhere to get one, a high-end talent, whether that's a guy like Mitch Marner, whether that's a guy like Leon Dreisaitl. I don't know that either of those players are going to be available. I'm using them as examples, and they're on teams that have another player that is high-end talent. Obviously, Dreisaitl has the face of the Edmonton Oilers franchise on that team in Connor McDavid. So when you trade a Leon Dreisaitl, you're not depleting your organization of the poster boy, of the guy that's on the marquee. He would still be there. And the same thing with Mitchell Marner in Toronto. If you traded Mitch Marner, you still have Austin Matthews. So I think if you're looking to go that high end, you have to look at those particular situations where a team's not trading their A, their only high-end talent, or B, the face of their franchise. You have to find a team that has a little bit of, for lack of a better term, redundancy in high-end talent and has underachieved with that high-end talent. And those are two of the teams that certainly, to this point, fit that bill. Um, You could also obviously look in the free agent market. And there'll be some good players available in the free agent market. When you look at this year's unrestricted free agent market, uh, I mean, Johnny Gaudreau is there. He's getting paid 6.75 this year. Uh, That's been his cap hit. I imagine his number in free agency is going to start with a nine. It's going to be a high ticket item with a lot of term. Uh, Johnny Hockey at this point, Johnny Gaudreau, is 28 years of age. Um, In about six months, he will be 29. So in August, he'll be 29. Of course, the local connection, uh, but this year in 43 games, 55 points, 19 of which are goals. His high point total in his career is a 99-point season back in 2018-19 when he had 36 goals and 63 assists. So he's a guy that fits that bill. You have to look at his playoff performances and, and weigh that as part of the equation. He's a winger. He's not a center. So there's a little, you know, centers, unfortunately, have more importance in the way you build a team. So you got to look at a guy like Johnny Gaudreau. Are you willing to commit that money to a 28 going on 29-year-old Johnny Gaudreau? If you want to build up the middle because you have Sean Couturier, you have Kevin Hayes, and you know Giroux's been a Swiss Army knife in the sense that he can play center or wing. You prefer him on the wing at this point in his career. 
But there's Thomas Her- Tomas Hurdle who's available center. Now he's a big body. He's a six foot two, two hundred and fifteen pound, big up the middle center. Is he high end talent? Probably not. I mean, his highest point total in his career is seventy four points. He hasn't gotten more than fifty in any other season. So he's a good player, but he's not necessarily high end talent. He would make the team better, but is he high end talent? It falls a little short there for me in that regard, if you're kind of holding him to that standard. Uh, but Tomas Hurdle makes $5.6 million this year. He's also 28 years old, and he's going to get paid in the offseason as well. You could look at Philip Forsberg, who makes $6 million this year. The players, uh, the Predators rather, re-signed Matthias Ekholm. Uh, so that kind of puts them in a position where it's a little bit more difficult for them to retain him. That's a player you could look at as well. And there'll be other players out there on the market, and some of lesser degree, guys like Vinny Trocek or Andre Palat. If you're looking at the defensive side and you want to use uh, one of those deals to, to get a high-end talent, like say it was Mitch Marner, and you, want, and you had to trade either Sanaheim, Provorov, and Konechny to do it, multiple pieces off your roster, and if like a first-round pick to Toronto to, to accomplish that and get Mitch Marner, the money has to match, and it does, then all of a sudden you have a hole at left side defenseman. So you could go into the free agent market and you could look at a guy like Hampus Lindholm, who's 28 years of age, made $5.2 million for the Anaheim Ducks. He is as steady Eddie as they come. And a lot of people may not know him. He's not flashy, but he is very good. If you want to fill that void on the left side via the trade market, and maybe you want to try and dump some money in that exchange as well, you go to Arizona and you try and make a deal with the Arizona Coyotes. Now, you're going to have to pay for them to take the money, and you're going to have to pay for the player. So it's going to be an exorbitant cost, but it does give you a lot of variability to add a left-side defenseman. Got a little nastiness in him under a pretty good contract that would fit right in on the left side. But again, only if in your quest to find, quote, high-end talent, you have to part with those players that creates those holes. There are ways to plug the holes once you acquire the high-end talent, but there's a lot of different variables to this equation to get it done. Point of all of this is that the Flyers are bolstering the hockey operations department in analytic ways, in ways with guys like Danny Briere and scouting. The open check, the open checkbook, the blank check, that Dave Scott talked about, I think we're starting to see that. Now it needs to bear fruit. doesn't need to bear fruit by the end of this season. That's not the intention of it. This is a play for the health of the franchise going forward. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, we'll have a a preview tomorrow, Saturday, of the Flyers-Detroit Game 2 of the Home and Home. Everybody, thanks for listening. If you have any comments on this episode, you can always tweet me at Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N, M-Y-R-T, shoot me kind of uh, your scenario on how the Flyers accomplished the the task of acquiring high-end talent. I always love hearing from people. If you don't want to tweet it to me, you can always DM it. I I have a bunch of DMs I haven't responded to yet. I will respond. It takes time. Um, I get quite a bit, as you can imagine. So if you want to DM me uh, as well, and 
know that sometimes, unless you tell me in a DM or a tweet that you don't want me to read it on the episode, that I may read uh, your commentary here on Flyers Daily. Uh, leave us a rating and review as well. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever you get this podcast, and we greatly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great Friday, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily. We get-